Welcome back to Real Phonies, where we take a love for movies and television and combine it with very little knowledge about movies and television. I'm your host, Christian. Joined with me is my co-host, Joseph. Hello. This week's special guest, Jason Hurt. That is me. You are here. I'm present. here. Yeah. For, for, I think, the third time. Third time, yeah. Phenomenal. It's a charm. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, this week we're going to be doing the Fantastic Beasts, Crime of Grindelwald slash... Grindelwald. Grindelwald slash... Harry Potter without Harry Potter slash Crap. whatever the fuck this is. It's directed by David Yates, who did... All the other Harry Potter movies. He did, Not all of He them, did, like, the good ones, right? The last... Yeah, he, well, he did five, six, seven, seven one, part, one yeah, and two. part one and two. Which are the good ones. And he did Fantastic Beasts. And Fantastic Beasts, which I don't know if we did that on this podcast, but... We have not. The first one, I would say, is worse than Transformers. Agreed. I would uh, agree on that, too. I wasn't a fan of the first one. So this one's actually also written by J.K. Rowling. It's an original script. It's not based on the books like the Harry Potter, so this is kind of a, a new endeavor for her. Starring Eddie Redmayne as Newt Scamander, who is kind of our, very loosely, our, our central pro- mm-hmm. protagonist, with Johnny Depp as Grindelwald, Grindelwald. <laughs> Not really clear. Uh, uh, a sexy Dumbledore in Jude Law. Uh, Ezra Miller, famous from The Flash and being kind of a jerk in real life. Yeah. As uh, Credence. Barebone. Credence Barebone. And maybe someone else. Yep. We'll get into that. Catherine Watterson. Can we pause just for a second? Yeah. I didn't know Catherine Watterson was the daughter of Sam Watterson of Law & Order fame. Oh. oh, shit. As soon as you say that, though, like, it's like, there's oh. his fucking face. I just his learned face. Her, today. I know it. Her weird, like, hexagon, yes. like, fucking jawline. She was on the Stephen Colbert show, and he was like, can I put his eyebrows on your head? And just took, like, two black boxes and put it on her forehead. It was hilarious because yeah, Dude, it looks just like Sam Watterson. So awesome. But I had no clue until today. He's my favorite part of the newsroom. So. God, we should have saved that for like the end. That's yeah. like a the positive. You, you, I'm sorry. I'm I regret making soon. fun of her jawline because <laughs> I really I, I, I'm pro Sam Watterson. I know. I was oh, gonna. School, I was gonna, so great. I was gonna call her the discount Brie Larson because that's well, what she reminds she's me. She's kind of that too. Yeah. Um, but now I feel bad about it for the same reason. Yeah. Allison Sudol is Queenie. Is that? Yeah. That? I don't know how to pronounce Queenie. That name. But yeah. I don't know how to say her name. Yeah. And uh, there's some other people. Oh, no. I, I skipped... Uh, Dan Fogel. Dan Fogel. I don't know how I skipped Dan Fogel because he's, he's one of the part. best parts of this movie as uh, whatever the fuck his name is. Jacob Kowalski. Jacob Kowalski. What a great name for that yeah. character. And uh, Zoe Kravitz. Yep. Lita Lestrange. As Lita Lestrange. And also, speaking of, of discount versions, I feel like Zoe Kravitz is a uh, is a better version of Valkyrie from Thor. What's her fucking name? Oh, man. I don't remember. It's got the same first. Face. It's got same letter, first and last name. Shit. She's in Creed 2. They're both Creed's. She's in the Men in, new Men in Black It's a movie. T, I think. Tessa Thompson. Fuck yeah. Tessa, got Thompson. Tessa Thompson. Thompson. Woo! Well, see, she's I, a, dis- a better version of Tessa Thompson? I think so. See, I I don't think she's as good as Tessa Thompson. I also think she's don't, not as good as her mom. I think you could have murdered a mom in that role and it would have been fine. They look about the same age. <laughs> I think she's also a uh, more discount version of, uh, what is, how do you say it, Zendaya? Zendaya? Oh, oh yeah. Think, yeah. There's a lot of discount stuff going around. Yeah, there. there's a lot of value placed here. That's in this Fantastic movie. Uh, that's, yeah. that's fair. Uh, so what are some initial impressions on this movie? What do you want to say what the plot is? Oh, sorry, you're right. Yeah. I uh, do you want to give us a, a synopsis. Yeah, I'll Christian? go through real fast. This movie takes place shortly after the events of the first Fantastic Beast film, with Newt uh, being back in London, kind of finishing his book and dealing with the uh, repercussions of 
losing, I guess, the love of his life, though we may not have realized it at the moment. Sure. Um, until Albus Dumbledore shows up and says, hey, you can get the girl back and help me fight Grindelwald. You just have to be an illegal immigrant to France, which feels kind of timely, but uh, then all calamity ensues as they is a race against Grindelwald to find Credence Barebone and find out who he actually is. Yeah. Because he has to be someone. Somebody. Yeah, this movie is not good. It's so bad. <laughs> See, I just... I strongly disagree. I had a lot of fun in this movie. What? What? what Let's what? start with you. Yeah. Then. Okay. Okay. First of all, I just want to go back and say the one before it did not enjoy, and it really had a low bar because I'm pretty pro Harry Potter, and having a main character whose whole thing is I like animals. That's that I like animals too. So <laughs> so like I should have been on board with it, but it just bored the piss out of me. And having a movie that is built on a twist that's just a fucking celebrity cameo, like, that was so fucking dumb. Because, I mean, when he turns into Johnny Depp, there's nothing about when he turns into Johnny Depp that's like, oh, shit, that's Grindelwald. You're just like, oh, shit, that's Johnny Depp. And then somebody pops on the camera and says, oh, that's, that's Grindelwald. And you're like, oh, now I know why I'm supposed to care about this. But I didn't. So I went into this with a very low bar. And I thought it was fun. It felt like a Harry Potter movie. There was an overly complex mystery. Um, <laughs> you know, here, here's the thing about Harry Potter that I think is different than all the other, or most of the other sort of blockbuster franchises. Most of the blockbuster franchises, from like Star Wars to Hunger Games, whatever, is shit is fucked up. Let's do something about it. Harry Potter is... This shit is awesome. Let's try to keep it awesome. And that first one was just really bleak and you didn't get that feeling. But in this one, it's like, man, I, I want to go live in Wizard World. Wizard World's pretty fucking cool. And, uh, you know, to me, that made it feel more like a Harry Potter movie. You know, obviously there are some issues with it. I'm not going to say that there's no issues with it, but I had fun in the movie. I do think it is a more entertaining ride than the first one. I'll give right. you the first one is I agree with your notion. The first one is bleak, and I, I would say the the reason why we don't have that problem with Harry Potter is we start in a world without Voldemort, right? In Harry Potter, and this one you're starting off. Grindelwald is already at the height of his power, so it would be like starting at Order of the Phoenix, right, which right. sounds like a horrible idea. Right. The second part of that is it has characters you like. Like I like Newt, and I like that Newt's kind of probably on the spectrum. Like, and I like. I like Jacob. Um, I can't remember the Waterston chick's character's name, but I, you know, I don't really like Tina. Tina. I don't really like Queenie, but you know, she's fine. I like that cast of characters. I just don't really care for the events that happen. I don't care. In the first one, I don't care about Credence. I really don't feel sorry for him. I know that's probably horrible. And so for him to be the thing that this whole plot, this whole series now works on, you know, is like, I, I can't buy into it. This movie has two very strange twists that aren't needed, aren't necessary, feel very disconnected from the first movie. It has a lot of unnecessary fan service bullshit that doesn't, it's not even good fan service bullshit. Like Nicholas Flamel being in this movie yep. adds nothing, nothing. Nothing. The shot of the Philosopher's Stone, no payoff whatsoever other than like, hey, we know you saw that first Harry <laughs> Potter movie. It just, it's, it's a mess. Like, you are just talking about the first one. Why in the world does Grindelwald now care about Credence when he obviously didn't give two craps about him in the first one? He was just using him to... He thought the girl was the obscurial. Now he cares because of who Credence actually is. That feels 
very disconnected. It's like a Michael Bay Transformers movie when the uh, Decepticons come to Earth for a different reason. Every movie, right. they came for the Allspark. They came for you know you know the Fallen. In this one, it's like in in the first one, it's he's trying to get him serial. This one is oh, Credence is important because Credence is somebody important. It just feels really disconnected to me. It does. It's, it's, it doesn't. I don't know. We talk more about the spoiler and, yeah. and go more into. I can explain it. Better. Yeah, it's a hard movie to talk about without talking about the spoilers because yeah. so much of it is, you know, is just plot. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a very plot heavy movie. Which somehow it is a very plot heavy movie, and amazingly, because there's no real plot. Like, there's not a lot that happens in this movie. It's just so fucking boring. <laughs> I've hated the shit out of it. Like, I just think it's it's structurally broken on every letter level. I think the characters don't make sense. I don't think they're consistent from movie to movie i don't think newt is an interesting protagonist i i kind of like him i guess as a character but i just don't think it's in any way his story newt shouldn't be the main character see that that's the thing in this second one i liked newt a lot the problems with newt they fixed he became like a likable guy i could get behind he definitely comes off as more a point of view character in this one than the center of the plot and i think that's a good spot for Mm -hmm. him particularly it was kind of weird in the first one that, you know, oh, well, you know, uh, magical beasts weren't really that big of a thing in the other movies, and suddenly they're the central part. Mm-hmm. Having that guy be more like a point-of-view guy, I think, works better. In I agree with that. I, I think I would enjoy it more if it was like a group of characters that were really like kind of driving the plot forward. So if it was Newt... Like and, Harry, Ron, and Hermione? Like Harry, Ron, and Hermione. So if it were Newt and Tina and Jacob and Albus, like, you know, as yeah, yeah. a team... But for the vast majority of the movie, it's really Newt making the decisions that are driving us forward. Because Jacob offers nothing. Well, I, I was about to say, you guys both really like Jacob. I couldn't fucking stand that oh. guy. Oh, that I, is a shame. I uh, I think I I think I hold grudge against him back when he was the guy that you cast when you couldn't get Jack Black. Like, you know, if you if you were making a Dane Cook movie, like remember they used to yeah. do those? Dane Cook, they used to make <laughs> movies with him. Uh, and you wanted Jack Black to be his sidekick, and Jack Black's like, fuck no, I'm a bigger star than that. Then you hire that dude to be Jack Black. So I realize he's evolved beyond that. There's a part of me that feels like he's better than Jack Black. He well, is- see, that's weird, because at this point, he probably has a more happening career than Jack Black, but I'm old and I'm sitting in my way. Uh, he has this he has a, this joke where he's in he's in Kung Fu Panda. Yeah. And no one knows that he's in Kung Fu Panda and everyone uh, he talks about how he gets confused with Jack Black all the time because they're both in that movie and he's like, "Oh yeah, we just saw me, Jack Black, Josh Gad, Zach Galifianakis, we just all get together on the weekends and hang out." <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad it's actually a thing that yeah. I thought it was some of my own uh, No, they're all the same prejudice. person. Okay, yeah. good. No, I, I just love the shit out of Balls of Fury. Like That's a yeah. great movie. I like Dan Fogel in this movie. I think he's good. Yeah. What about Albus? What do you guys think of Dumbledore in this film? Jude Law. Oh, look, I, I think, I, to me, I don't think there are good actors in this movie. I don't think there are good performances in this movie, with the exception of Jude Law's Albus Dumbledore, which I don't even know if he's acting. I just think he's just a naturally charismatic, charming yeah. person, which works for me. I'm okay with it. And uh, Dan Fogler. Who's delightful. See, I feel like he did kind of like Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan. He did a little bit of an imitation, yeah. but he also did his own thing. Agreed. I thought that no, was that's cool. actually a really good yeah. uh, it, good comparison. It definitely kind of felt, and I'm not sure which one, you know, you talk about that. It felt to me like Richard Harris Dumbledore, like it yeah. kind of like, you know, the, yeah. the one we got in the first two films. I like him. You know, it seems, obviously, we find later on in the Harry Potter series that Dumbledore is a really shady dude. And... Uh, it definitely seems to be leaning into the shadiness in this film, I feel like. Well, me and Sarah were talking about recently that 
every Harry Potter movie could be solved if Dumbledore would just go to Harry and say, hey, man, here's what's fucking up. Yeah. You know, here's what's going on. You know, instead of waiting till the very end and saying, oh, yeah, this is what was happening to you the whole time, and now I'll explain it to yeah. you. So Dumbledore is kind of an asshole. Yeah, that's fair. Leads Harry to his death. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, before we, before we dive too deep in, we're going to measure it on our patented rubric. Better or worse than Michael Bay's Transformers, which, as we know, is the most mediocre movie ever made. Christian, what's uh, what's your thought? Better uh, or worse than Transformers? It's worse than Transformers. It's, I agree. It's definitely worse than Transformers. It, and I think it's worse than the first Fantastic Beasts. I also film. agree. Yep. See, I, I, I thought it was way better. I had a really good time in this movie. But is it better than Transformers? I thought it was better. Oh, it definitely is better than Transformers. Totally. Yeah, that's blasphemy. But that's why you're here. We need somebody yeah. to disagree with. It's been a lot of just Joseph and I just agreeing, agreeing on other. everything. That's, that's super fair. <laughs> So, so spoilers yeah spoiler we can Deep start dive. we can start anywhere we want here's what i want to know again I, I i had problems with it on many structural levels what the fuck is newt's journey in this movie yeah that's... as a, as a to, to me what i got from it is at the beginning he doesn't really like his brother because he's a hugger and then at the end he hugs his brother See, and that's that, that's the character growth. <laughs> maybe that's maybe that's why I liked him. You know, I I'm not cool with bodily contact. So uh-huh. I I related to that. It's like, "Oh yeah, this guy likes little animals and he doesn't like to hug. I can get on board with that." Yeah, I can't say much about it. But, but like what what's his fucking that's, what's that, his personal growth? That's my problem with Newt as a main character. That's why I feel like the the film would work better as a team of people like trying to solve something instead of focusing so much on one person because there's not like a hero's journey going on with newt's commander newt's already a hero newt already makes the best decisions Uh so it's just i like him as a character i just there's no like what evolution does he make we knew he liked tina or whatever name is the the last movie we we did find out that he makes a lot of women horny in this universe yeah it's weird it's very strange he's got a cool fashion sense he he feels very much to me like like a standard anime character who like you know is, is quiet and sits in his books but the, all, every woman around him is just drawn to him <laughs> for whatever reason. Yeah. Well, he does have nice wizard hair. He does, he does have hair to his hair. I wonder how hair. much time he spent on that because it's always like perfectly just kind of in the way, but also not all the way in the way. Like it's tufts out and covers his face, but just enough. What did you guys <laughs> think about the younger Newt? The Hogwarts. Stuff. I thought he did pretty good. It was a. It was uh, clearly an impersonation. Yeah, hundred percent. But uh, but I feel he like he got some mannerisms pretty yeah. good. The Hogwarts stuff to me is the best part of the movie. The Hogwarts stuff was the best part. I mean, to me, that was a big part of what sold it to me. Is yeah. you showed me the shit that I like. And Except for McGonagall being in it. I have a serious problem with that. I, I know there's some continuity issues yeah, that that's, I'm not that's a big one. fully versed on enough to argue. I just have reread most of the Harry Potter books. And so I literally just got to the part where she, like two weeks ago, she's interview, being interviewed by Dolores Unbridge. And she says, like, the year that she started working at Hogwarts. And you're like, that's 30 years after this movie <laughs> takes place. But I get that that's a minor complaint. You know, Chicks lie about their age, though. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's, that's a real thing in real life. Fair Jason, Jason Hurt solving continuity. Yeah. <laughs> it could be your mother or something, I guess, her grandmother. But. Yeah. I also wanted to figure out in this movie, is Newt's brother a bad guy? Is he supposed to be a bad guy? I think from what we've seen in previous movies, we were supposed to think he was going to be a bad guy, and then he actually he was a pretty good guy. He's Percy Weasley. He thinks he's the, definitely Percy. He, he even looks like Percy. Yeah, he thinks the ministry is right. And so he kind of like 
doesn't really go against Dumbledore, yeah. but kind of does. And I'm just trying to figure out because there's this like whole arc about you know like when when he I don't even remember who the fuck it does if, if it's uh, Newt or whoever else like stupefies him or whatever in the mm. ministry. And he's like, oh, that might have been the greatest moment of it's my Tina, life. Tina, I think was it yeah. Tina who yeah. did whoever the fuck did it. Who gives a shit? But like, why? Like, what is so bad about him? It's true. We don't get a really any backstory as to why they have such like a contentious relationship. Right. I'm I'm just trying to feel like he just seems nothing but like nice and helpful. I understand that his motive, like the things that he wants for his brother are not the same thing that his brother wants for him, but it's not like they're not malicious. He's genuinely trying to help his brother. Yeah, because he cares. Right. Like, what, what? why the fuck is he a bad guy in this movie? <laughs> yeah, that's a fair point. They really make the ministry out to be... The ministry's had a hard time in these yeah. in these movies. Look, I'm not the most pro-government person either, but they really shit on the government in these movies. I mean, like, I, I guess I guess it's one of those things that if the government were, were capable, all of these things couldn't happen. Yep. Because they would solve it. <laughs> but, uh... Yeah, no, definitely the, the ministry gets a bad rap in all of these stories. Yeah, like the guy comes up to Dumbledore and he's like, I don't like you. Like, just up front. Yeah. Like, I don't like you. I get you're the greatest wizard of our time, but I don't like you. Okay. Oh, speaking of that, that's another thing I didn't write down that really irritated me. There's so many things about this movie that fucking irritated me. <laughs> so so, so they, they, they like roll on up to Hogwarts where, where Dumbledore is doing that awful Bogart training thing. Why the fuck do they do that? Why do they make teenage children going through puberty, the meanest phase of their life, publicly show everyone what their greatest fear because is. Because we saw Remus Lupin. Dude. I that's understand, why. but that's a fucking terrible idea. And apparently yeah. they've been doing it for goddamn decades. Yep. Whatever. Um, so they come up to, to, they roll up to Hogwarts, which they never explain why they could apparate to Hogwarts. I figured they'd address it in the movie because it was obviously they, a thing that was a problem. They say, from what I heard, is the other side of the bridge doesn't count. Oh, That's why they apparate on one side and they walk fuck across. Fuck off. Anyway. That um, seems way closer than we've ever been told people can apparate. No, definitely. Yeah. Because you're pretty much on premises. Why yeah. didn't the fucking death, whatever. It doesn't <laughs> matter. Um, so they roll up to Hogwarts. And and you know are trying to like recruit yep. Dumbledore, be like, hey, yeah, you like you said, you're you're the greatest dickhead in the world, but you're still a dickhead, <laughs> whatever. But then it's like, will you come help us fight Grindelwald? And he's like, no. And so then it's like, well, you guys were so close, you're like brothers. And then there's like a fucking magical dream sequence thing that happens in the corner, and then says. So will you help us? And I'm like, wait, was that supposed to be like your argument? Was there a convincing point there? Or he was just, I mean, he was literally there to just exposit. I understand that. Though there was like, there wasn't a pitch. There wasn't a persuasion. There was nothing. It was just like, hey, will you help us? No. Well, you guys know each other. Will you help us? No. (laughs) Like, what the fuck was that supposed to even do? Yeah, I can't. There's not. I can't. I know you can't. I know you can't. But like, why, why didn't they pick these things up? These are like tiny things so my dumbledore's motivation for a lot of things in this movie is kind of a, a big issue for yeah. me um i'm just gonna go and say it the twist in the end is we find out credence is actually aurelius dumbledore sure which there's a whole set of another timeline issues with that which he may not be dumbledore's brother maybe he's like a nephew or cousin right. or something um but you don't have to make him the brother <laughs> right. like there was enough of us you know people piecing together things at the end of fantastic beast to say oh ariana dumbledore's sister was also an obscurial and that could have been enough motivation mm-hmm. for dumbledore to do everything like that could have been enough grindelwald knew dumbledore he knew ariana was a uh, because they him aberforth and dumbledore all have a fight that's how ariana dies they're all you know they're all around they all know her power set he recognizes it in credence he knows he can use that against dumbledore dumbledore sees that same problem he saw in his sister that's enough motivation for Dumbledore to want to help Credence. Right. That's all it has to be. And that's that's actually my question is, 
is he for sure Dumbledore's brother, or is that just a Grindelwald manipulation? I think with the Phoenix... Right, but is the Phoenix a trick? Because clearly Grindelwald knew about it. Because if, if, if only Dumbledore knew about it, and we as the audience knew about it, then it would be different. But Grindelwald is the one that tells him, hey, a Phoenix that I just made appear in front of you means you're a Dumbledore, so you're a Dumbledore. Yeah, is that the, the same bird he was nursing yeah. throughout the movie? Yeah, but like, did he, he, did, did he, he like transfigure yeah, it yeah. into like a fucking fake feet? Like, you know, like literally happened to the last two seconds of the movie. That's my question, because yeah, that would solve a lot of these problems if it's just a manipulation. Because I don't, I don't want to come to this movie's defense too much, but I, to me, I, that seemed like, oh, this is a blatant manipulation by a guy that just manipulates people. Yeah, and that's fine. It just, you know, my issue is more of, you don't have to overcomplicate this. Like, oh, 100%. Dumbledore has enough reasoning. It's wizard Hitler. Like, it's enough reason to be involved. Right. And to care. It doesn't have to be, you have a long-lost brother. You should try to save yeah. that guy because you fucked up your sister. <laughs> like, it doesn't It doesn't need to be that. I also will say, you're, the line of logic you're talking about, it's the same one that people are saying, like, Kylo Ren and, like, Ray. They desperately want Ray to be somebody, so Kylo must have been lying about yeah, yeah. her. Uh, I tend to think he is a Dumbledore. I just don't think he's... It's possible. I was his brother. I, that was just my thought that I didn't see it brought up. Well, again, I know there's supposed to be some continuity errors with the timeline, but, you know, J.K. Rowling in the past has been pretty detail oriented. Yeah, she's very good about I, it. I feel like she must have a way out of it. Except for fucking McGonagall, apparently. Well, I mean, even that. Maybe I know, I know, I know. You know or maybe that was just a legit, you know, yeah. like, you know, uh, you know, somebody needs to send out a Stanley No Prize for it or yeah. something like that. But, um, but, um, but I, you know, you guys talked about fan service things. There was one fan service thing in it that I thought was just the, I, and again, this is someone who really liked the movie, but I thought this was the strangest thing. Making that nice Asian lady, yep. Voldemort Snake. Yeah, Nagini. Yep. I mean, this nice Asian lady is someday going to eat Snape and get cut in half by uh, Neville. What, Neville, yeah. yeah. Like, is is that a I hate actually crime? didn't even think about the Neville cutting yeah. her up while watching it, but that's it is interesting to me that she's a perfectly reasonable yeah. Yeah. H- human. Is like Cretans don't go. He's Wizard Hitler, All right? And yet she joins well, the darkest wizard of all time. I think the whole point is that that. You know, I think my understanding of this new thing that they invented for this movie is that once she, like, converts to the animal permanently, yeah. like, she is just the animal. Like, she's yep. not, like, a thinking person inside an animal's body. I, I think that's correct. But even, even if that is true, then this, again, this is George Lucas levels of, of prequel con- coincidence bullshit. You know, this is, she is C-3PO in this movie, mm-hmm. you know? Like, yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Th- not, not just the fact that she's, like, in the movie, but the fact that she's directly related to, to you know, involved with Credence, and she's involved in this whole plot. And maybe that maybe they'll find a reason to work that into Voldemort's storyline, but it just seems, again, like, crazy coincidence for the sake of, of fan service. Uh, the only the only reason why I have an issue with it, really, is it just it begs us to ask the question, right? Like, the very question you asked. Like, you put it in there. We're going to talk about right, it. Right. Even if it is simply, oh, she just becomes a snake, and this dude can talk to snakes. But you're like, no, there's got to be more of a reason. Why would they include it in the movie? Why mm. would she act the way she yeah. does? Like, it just begs us to break it down. Yeah. Um, also, uh, a little fan service thing, not of the movie, but of, to at least two of your listeners. You guys worked with Wyatt, right? Yeah. Is is fucking Credence not Wyatt? That's fair. He looks just like him. He looks healthier and than Wyatt. And if you see him on his own time, acts a lot like Wyatt. <laughs> Anyways, had to get that in. I don't I don't even know where else to go with this. I, oh, no, I have, I have so many things. We can go, go anywhere maybe. we want. So 
speaking of, of continuity, and this is this is one of the things that bothered me from one to two, and I, I might have bothered you too. I can't remember. We talked about it. Is Queenie the same person? I know you had a big oh problem with with the twist at the end. Yes, because the twist at the end is that she decides because uh, she's not supposed to be in love with a, a Muggle or yep. in whatever the fuck they call him in America. No match. Sure. That that's a thing I've always thought is weird that uh, that the British version of this has a more bigoted name for it than we. I feel like America's not living up. We're the best at being racist. We really are. <laughs> we should have a better name than Nomad. Yeah. Yeah, Muggle is definitely a slur. That's yeah. actually a good point. <laughs> it's used endearingly, but yeah. if, if, it was, if that was actually the world we live in, yeah, that would 100% be a slur. So anyway, yeah, the whole thing is because she can't be in love with this Nomad person that she'll join Wizard Hitler because that's the only other option, I guess. I hated this. But my whole I thing is... I hated it. So, so, and, and I haven't, I've watched this movie once and I hated it, so I didn't like retain a lot of it. But my remembering of that character from the first movie is she was just nice and she had telepathy and she fell in love with a random guy for no reason because, man, how, how fucking embarrassing would it be to be a non wizarding person in a relationship or just like knowing wizarding people? Like, it would yeah. just be so bullshit when they can just like teleport away. It's like, well, fuck you. I can't like I have to I have to walk to the store like everybody else. That would just be it would be so demeaning. Look what happened to Tom Riddle. Yeah, yeah, he's up and left. Yeah, no, I mean you know I I, I mean I feel like I relate to that plight. I'm uh I'm an idiot, but I've usually been able to pass myself off a little smarter than I am. So I've always been involved with women who are smarter than me, and I end up looking like an asshole in front of their smarter <laughs> friends. So I can relate to the fat guy's plot and that and plight and that. Uh, I will say I think Queenie is consistent because Queenie is nicer in the first one, but she's a fucking idiot in both of them. Hmm. So I think she was just easily swayed influence. because she's a fucking yeah. idiot. That can be. I can see that. that yeah. You take advantage of the influence. Uh, I did. I did have an issue with it because I don't think Queenie's fleshed out enough. Like, yeah, her plot in the first one is I'm in love with this guy because he's different than the world I know. Right. He's something new, exotic and different. I don't know about this. He is apparently he's apparently the only person who makes jokes in this universe. Yes. So only I can see I can see how that would be appealing. Mm -hmm. And in the second one is because I'm not supposed to have that. I'm going to turn evil. And it just it if it were more like depth and more fleshed out other than because it's a really rash decision because even though you know she doesn't officially join Grindelwald till the end of the movie yeah. basically when she walks out of Newt's apartment at the beginning she's made the exact same decision and uh, there's no there's no change after that. I also don't like the, um, you know, written dialogue there to get Jacob back in. It was like, oh, yeah. he said I'd only remember the bad stuff. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I had a blast. Yeah. I remember everything. That's so It's so weird. But I, I don't feel like they thought they were going to bring him back for this movie. And then they he was really, so popular. That, that was definitely a pot point I just had to power through. Yeah, that's I, yeah. I will fully admit that was stupid. <laughs> You just accept it and move yeah. on. Uh, I, it was hard for me to accept at the moment. but what, my, One of my other problems with the whole Grindelwald camp and I, yeah, it's it's kind of hypocritical of me because I don't feel like I apply the same kind of criticism to Voldemort's camp. Mm-hmm. But I just I don't see how he could be like a convincing influence just because he's so fucking evil looking. Well, so the difference is I think pretty clear. Voldemort forces people right. into his and that, that was that was kind of my my thought process is, is you know Voldemort's whole thing is people are afraid of him and he's so powerful mm-hmm. and it, you know you want to be on the winning side because that guy is is gonna fucking destroy anybody that's in his way. I get that. But this guy's whole, whole thing is that he's like, I don't know, you know, he's a manipulator. He appeals mm. to people's whatever. 
I just, one, even if you heard that guy, you looked at him and was like, nah, you know what? Maybe this guy's fucked up. I understand. <laughs> He's I, got two different color eyes. I, I understand that's a very J.R. Tolkien approach to the world. Yeah. But uh, in this particular case, I, I feel like it would, it would, at least with that haircut, that's a personal decision. Um, <laughs> But uh, I don't know, man. I, got, I, I feel like he's supposed to be like this great speaker. And I feel like uh, kind of in his last speech that he has where he's talking about, you know, if you don't join me, then this is what the humans, you know, this is what the, the muggles will yeah. do. And it's, you know, like World the, War II. World War II, because of course it is. Um, <laughs> and like that, to me, that's his most compelling point. But for the most part, I'm like, I feel like, I don't feel like people would like, I don't know, go against the system that seems to be working okay and just like join this guy just because he seems like, Oh, maybe there's more freedom here. I don't know. Like it, it, it I, seemed like a really tenuous message to me. I like I didn't want to go to this place because so many people have, but like wouldn't the thing you just explained, like America over the last two years? No, oh, yeah. a when non-charismatic I, dude with weird hair and that's my, winning over well, idiots with I, bad speaking skills. That's that's my disagreement though, is because I you know I think that's why I think that that last bit was more effective because I feel like. You could convince comfortable people if you instill fear into them, but mm-hmm. most of the time he's appealing to their ideals. Yes. And I don't think that's going to work. I don't think well, that's powerful well, enough to... I think what Joseph's saying, and to your point, is when he is when he's appealing to the fear, yeah. like in the end, which is what our president right. loves to do, is appeal to the threat of a thing versus the actuality of a thing, it's very relatable. You're like, oh, I believe that, because you can see it in the world around you that this does happen. But throughout the movie, he does kind of talk about Requini, for example. Oh, you you can't marry him. That in in my free world, yeah, right. You can, and so you can't be like, well, I mean, yeah, or I could just vote the prime minister out, and we get another guy in there, and someone change the law, and everything's fine. We don't have to be a ruling class over all the. We, yeah, people. we don't have to like overthrow the fucking we, government. Yeah, we don't have to do it your way. We can easily do it another way. I get that. Well, this is probably going to be my least popular opinion on this movie. I'm so excited. I thought Johnny Depp was okay. I thought it was fine. Yeah. I, you know, I, I I was so, again, going back to that first one, I was so pissed about that twist. It was such a fucking cop-out. But in this, you know, I thought he looked cool, and he, uh, it, it seemed like the first time in a while he probably wasn't just reading cue cards. He looked like maybe he put a little into this. My only issue with Johnny Depp in this movie is I don't get why he's like Jason Voorhees and walks slow everywhere he goes. <laughs> sure. And, uh... Why is he dressed like a fucking pirate? I don't know, man. Well, I I, th- I think I can answer both of those. And one of those, basic success, dressing like a pirate. <laughs> you know, he probably wanted to carry that over. And the other one was, nobody came and watched him walk slow in dark shadows. So he figured he could do that one again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, that was my only issues with it. I was surprised, actually, with how much Johnny Depp didn't annoy Oh, me no, that's what I remember. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, yeah, he was fine. Uh, but it did, as I was watching this movie and why I don't feel like he did like a new character for this, but as I was watching him in his kind of, you know, generic villainy ness, I was thinking to myself how secret window does not work anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't, I don't know if if anybody remembers this movie. I totally remember this It came out in like the mid two thousands and they kind of did, they, they, they kind of did the same thing they did in what lies beneath where they can't, you know, in what lies beneath it's Harrison Ford, who's only ever been the best guy, like your favorite guy. And then the twist at the end that you just, you can't even imagine in your brain is that he's the bad guy. Mm -hmm. 
And so they do the same thing in the movie Secret Window. Spoilers for all these fucking movies. But uh, a Secret Window where it was when Johnny Depp was like the golden boy of Hollywood. You know, he was he was the the guy that all the young girls loved. And, and it was and, the movie right after yeah. Pirates of the Caribbean. It was, yeah, it was the yeah. first Pirates of the Caribbean. So, I mean, he was riding high in the world. And it was the same kind of thing where because he was he was such like a, a good guy and he was everyone's like favorite person on screen. He was, you know... The, the young version of Tom Hanks. You just couldn't imagine that he would be the, the villain at the end of it. But now it's impossible. I couldn't watch that movie without thinking that he'd be the fucking villain in that movie. Yeah. I mean, totally, if I watch that now, I'd be rooting for Timothy Hutton. Definitely. <laughs> you know. What did you guys think about killing the baby? There was... <laughs> it seemed very gratuitous. There was, there, was, there, was, there was a very gratuitous baby killing, and then an implied baby death that turns out not to be a baby death, but... That's also true. There yeah, were well, there were two attempted baby deaths. Well, there is there is still a okay. baby death. Okay. A whole I will say. Oh said, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. Right. there's still two baby. Yeah. Deaths. yeah, there's still two baby deaths. <laughs> this Only one of them was a deliberate murder, though. Oh, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. This whole franchise is based around an attempted baby murder. That's true. So it, I get why it has its place, but I was like, man, this is dark. Well, why do we need this? We did I thought it. it was going to be like. Uh, the old version, I think it was The Hills Have Eyes, where, uh, you know, the, uh, the the murder people murder a whole family, and they uh-huh. keep, there's like one baby left alive, mm-hmm. and you're like, oh man, it actually sucks that the baby survived, because it's going to grow up amongst these horrible people. I think that was the movie, I'm not sure. So I thought it was going to be like that, but no, they just fucking killed yeah. the baby. But About I, a cadaver. And, def- and definitely, like, the whole point is to show, hey, they're really evil. But I feel like you've got that by the fact that they just, like, walked into a house and murdered the people for the house. Yep. I Base mean, of operation. I don't know. I'm kind of behind it. Nobody ever murders babies or dogs. Let's let's go for it. That's Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> um, we should make more movies. Yeah. <laughs> trying to think if there's anything else, like, even in the um, reference area that I really wanted to hit on, but I don't really remember much. I mean, look, I just I hated the pacing and editing of this movie. I feel like there were so many scenes that okay. just dragged on a little too long they had jokes in this movie but they fucked them up because they would take too long between like the joke and the reaction or like the joke in the next shot this would just like linger in space speaking of editing there was one huge issue when they were in the graveyard yeah with jacob and nicholas flamel like they opened the door oh, and then all yeah, of a sudden jacob yeah, yeah. was there and he's walking down even though the time frame yeah because yeah, the, like he's they're all in the tomb and like you see him get kind of like confront like i don't know like capture i guess you know like in the tomb uh jacob that right Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah but then you don't see him again and then suddenly after they're like there's the the big reveal and i had problems with the the whole reveal thing they go to like some other chamber that's like the amphitheater or whatever was there an amphitheater in the fucking tomb that's what it looks like in a tomb like yeah 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 are are you (laughs) it's in the lestrange family tomb sure then he's just suddenly there again. It's, yeah, it's just so strange. Weird. Obviously, there was a scene or something there in the middle that they cut out, but it didn't line up right. Also, I feel like with the Lestrange like family thing, how did it go? Like, why were those guys carrying it when the Ministry of Magic and you know what I'm talking about? Like the dude who was in the first one, who played Tina's boss, who becomes evil in the second one. Yeah, he goes in the Ministry of Magic with the French chick. He's holding it in the elevator, and then there's, like, no resolution. It just shows that part. And then all the... I don't know. It just... How did they get it? How did it end up there? How did Newt know it was there? How did Lita know it was there? Like, there was just a lot to me that was like, I don't... Why why was the Lita Lestrange thing even in it? So... I mean, I think that was just for misdirection. It was but it mis- wasn't good yes, misdirection because they don't agreed. give you any information until they do the reveal. I, I have... I, this I don't want to like you know be offensive, but I have an issue with the Lita Lestrange thing. I have no problem with Lita being mixed. I have no problem with Zoe Kravitz's performance as Lita Lestrange. 
I feel like the whole... So they have this, you know, the explanation that everyone thinks Credence is their long-lost brother. I feel like the whole other explanation, like like the blood oath, and I was going to murder the son for because my dad, and, you know, he stole my mom. I feel like all of that was just to justify, you know, when people look at her and say, oh, she doesn't look like Bellatrix. Like, like it just felt like all of that was super convoluted and it just a really poor justification for something I don't think people really were going to question anyway. Like, you know what I mean? Like, no, no, a hundred percent. Again, I, I don't think she needed to be in the, I liked, I liked her in the movie, yeah. but I don't think that a plot line needed to be in there at all. Because again, if you're going to use it for misdirection, give us more information. So much of it, so much exposition about like what all this is about happens in the tomb when they're doing the reveal. And, you know, it's one of those, it's, it's like a soap opera thing where, you know, I'm your twin. It's like, well, you can't be my twin because I'm your mother. It's like, well, I can't be your mother because I'm actually your dead aunt. Yeah. But, it, like, each person has, like, oh, well, you, you think it's this. But now, here's another thing I'm going to drop on you. Yeah, it's way too much familial drama. It's so bullshit. <laughs> I hate this movie. <laughs> I see, probably will see it again. But. See, okay, here's, here's my big defense of it. I'm going to do one more defense of it, and then I'm going to concede to you guys because obviously you guys fucking hate it. <laughs> okay, so. <laughs> um, this would have been around the time of Harry Potter, uh, Deathly Hollows Part 1, or what I like to call Her- Harry Potter, Harry and Hermione fucked in the tent. Okay. Uh, you know, uh, ha- Part 2 is called Harry and Hermione deny that they fucked in the tent. Uh, but uh, that's, that's the French translation. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but it was been around that time, and usually I always, when I use someone else's shit, I, I, I give credit, but uh, I won't say who called, but a friend of mine who was in the throes of depression called me up and he was like man i just want to go to hogwarts <laughs> and i was like i was like i was like yeah, i mean yeah hogwarts seems pretty cool man they have those big feasts and stuff he was like he was like i mean i don't even care if i had to be fucking filch you know <laughs> i would just go i would just go clean the toilets at hogwarts because it seems like such a great place and this movie, unlike the last one, made me feel like I was back in Hogwarts again. So nobody, I liked it. Nobody that. got murdered in Hogwarts, so that was a plus for Hogwarts. <laughs> yep. This movie, this movie is not fine to me. This movie, I said before, reminded me a lot of Order of the Phoenix. I still believe that to be true, even down to the fact that there are thresholds in this movie. Why the frick can't you just apparate right. with... The, did you not like Order of the Phoenix? I don't like Order of the Phoenix. Order That's of the Phoenix least, is my favorite. Uh, Order of the Phoenix is the fifth one, right? Correct. That's my favorite one. Emo Harry and the Death of Sirius. It's well, awful. Emo, the everybody has great hair in uh, the Goblet of Fire. That might be the best collection of rock and roll hair ever. Oh, in it's any very movie. rock and roll hair. Uh, I'll give you that. Uh, <laughs> the, the only one of the old ones I really hate is Half Blood Prince, just because that was my favorite oh, book. You can have they. You're going to have to get off of this podcast. No, The Half-Blood Prince is the best book. It's the best book, but that movie just is, it's like a Twilight movie. It's just a bunch of close-ups of people looking sad. I can see where you're going with that. That's my favorite movie. I still like the movie. But, yeah, no, this is very order things to me. It's very dark. It's very rainy. There are thrustrals. People are mad. There's a Dark Lord terrorizing people in it. It's very Order of the Phoenix. And I just don't, you know, like, again, if, if maybe, I don't think Fantastic Beast does a good job of this. If we had a movie before Grindelwald was Grindelwald, and you just established all of these people and said, here's Jude Law's Dumbledore, here's right. his favorite student, News Commander, and I could like grow attached to them before all the shitstorm happened, I probably would enjoy it more, but I just don't. And, and that actually brings me to one of my other major problems with this movie. To me, this whole series, as we've discussed before, 
is about Dumbledore fighting Grindelwald. Like that's what we're, yes. that's what the whole thing's building up to. Despite the fact that we're trying to make it seem like oh he's a sideline player, he's not going to get involved. The, the really to me the point of this movie was to get him that fucking the the blood that is of the thing. point. Yep. That like literally the movie is. Getting oh. that from Grindelwald's pocket to his hand. Number three is going to be them destroying it. That's the right. whole plot point in number but, three. But to me, that seems like the middle part of a second act of a movie. You mm-hmm. know, like, hey, we're on our way to do this thing too, but we need to get this. And so then you you spend like a 10-minute montage and maybe like a sneaking scene or, you know, a heist, like whatever. And then you get the thing and then you return it. And that's like 10 minutes of screen time tops. And they turned it into a two-fucking-hour movie. Yeah. Dumbledore and Grindelwald should be the main characters of this. Yes. Uh, it, it should be like... Uh, even a trilogy sounds like a lot. Like, it just It's like Hobbit syndrome where you add way too much in there. And, you know, the basic general story to begin with was just fine. One last thing, and this is minor, and it's been harped on a lot, but I'm going to say it too. Why do wizards dress like normal people in this movie yeah. when in 1980 <laughs> and 1990 they cannot? I know. I love... I love uh, Somebody did, like, you know, they have Dumbledore in, in whatever year this 1927, is. 1927, yeah. Yeah, and then Dumbledore in, like, 20 years later, he's like, I want to know what happened to, to yeah. Dumbledore to make, him, to make him go from, from smart three-piece suits to fucking wizard robes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's easy. He got old and fat. Yeah, when, yeah uh, but everyone does it. Five more years, I'm going to want to wear a wizard robe. <laughs> one, one of the... Uh, I'm kind of surprised you're not already, yeah, I, honestly. I'm, I'm getting close. <laughs> one of the things in the book that talks about a lot is how ridiculous wizards look when they try to wear muggle clothes. Like, uh-huh. They always mismatch and stuff like that all these measures all these wizards look fly as fuck in three piece suits and you know dapper haircuts they gave up on that in harry potter three harry potter three was when they first started hey let's get everybody some sexy clothes i'm gonna roll my sleeves up everybody has tight fitting hoodies and stuff like that yeah yeah good times prisoner of azkaban (laughs) only i can go back so uh look i'm sure we could find more things to harp on but i think we can close the book on this one i feel like we've made our feelings pretty clear you got anything else no it's a disappointment Makes me sad. Got, I liked it. I know you I'm did. standing by. You're wrong, but I'm, I'm glad you're here. Uh, so yeah, that's uh, Fantastic Beasts, whatever the fuck this one is. They're going to make another one. <laughs> Do you think they stick with the st- Fantastic Beasts thing? After yeah, this they, one have, kind of to. they have to. Yeah. Which See, was, I don't know. I think where this one was kind of a financial disappointment, they come up with a different name for the next one. Like, was what? it a financial disappointment? Yeah, I mean, it yeah, made it less money as well the other one. The first one. Mm. But I mean, I feel like it's one of those things where you can't really blame it on this one. Everybody went and saw the last one, but wasn't super happy with it. It's like Batman and Superman and Justice League. I yeah, can yeah, always yeah. bring it back to that shit. You know, Justice League didn't fail because of Justice League, even though it totally could have failed. It failed because everybody went and saw Batman versus Superman, and it fucking sucked. I prefer Justice League. Agreed. No, I love Justice League. I think yeah. Justice League, oh, love is strong. <laughs> I had fun watching Justice League, and compared to how bad Batman versus Superman yeah. is, I loved it. I don't have problems saying I love that movie. I, I'm not going to say it's a great movie, but I really love watching it. I, 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 definitely, like, particularly like the last 15 minutes, I'll pop that in all the time uh-huh. and watch it. Yeah. But uh, cool. What have we been watching? Uh, I haven't watched much. I read Half-Blood Prince this week. Right. It is the best book. It's the best of the books. Uh, so. And the reason why it's the best book is because it's the perfect balance of where the first like three is so plot heavy. And even there's there's some world building, you know, like you introduced the Night Bus and the Leaky Cauldron and Hogsmeade. Four and five are a shit ton of world building. Mm. And there's so much like exposition and stuff like that. Six is the perfect balance of both. Like you get to, you learn a lot about Tom Riddle and, and Voldemort's past and even a little bit of Dumbledore's past. Well, that's the thing. I think you find out Harry's dad was kind of an asshole. Yeah, that's really in five because that's when you see the Snape thing where he teases. Oh, him. that's in five. Yeah, 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 he does a, a clemency lesson yeah. or whatever. But 
this one's a good a good balance of both plot and and exposition. It is a little heavy on the romance drama between Ron and Hermione yeah. and Ron and Lavender Brown and Harry and Ginny. And, As is the movie. Yeah, it's uh, there's a lot of like misty shots in the movie. Yeah. Um, let's see what else. I, I listen to a lot of Critical Role, of yeah. course, because I do it every week. And because because I, I mentioned that because you recently watched Full Metal Alchemist, and I am so deep in Critical Role. I had to go back and watch some Full Metal Alchemist this week. I only did like the first five episodes just to like scratch that itch. And uh, I've one decided that Lust, you know, is uh, Laura Bailey. Yeah. is It's Vexalia, but without an English accent. Sure. And that show does a really great job on a rewatch of like, okay, like we talk about Rowling's really good about like building a world yeah. and putting in like a line of dialogue or something that becomes really important later on. Full Metal Alchemist does it in such a natural way. Yeah. So like, um, I, I've, I, I genuinely, it might be the thing that builds out its world most naturally of anything else I, I can think of. It's incredible. So but you, the, cause oh, good. the flashback episode, the second episode where they kind of give it all exposition, which to me should be the first episode. It's but. really the first episode of the series. Uh, he talks about, he's like reading in a book and he's like, he's talking about the, um, philosopher's stone and talks about how it was the center of the destruction of the city of Xerxes. And that could have been it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like that little explanation he reads in a book could be fine, just like pure world-building exhibition. And then, you know, 30 episodes, 40 episodes later, you realize that's a really big deal. That's like at the center of the heart of this. Mm-hmm. Or, for example, you don't know what a homunculus is at the start of the show. Mm-hmm. But now going back and looking and you know which characters are one, you're like, oh, God, this is so apparent. Why didn't I know right away? Like, it just, it built, like you said, it probably builds itself better than any other thing Anything I've Anything I seen. can think of. Well, it, I, it's beautiful because it starts with a very small scope. Mm-hmm. And it, it, the scope actually seems bigger than it is because you start in this world that, you know, it's this odd world where alchemy exists. And, like, that's already a thing. But then you start out with these boys with, you know, one of them's in a fucking metal body and the other one has a metal arm and a metal leg. And they're trying to bring their mom back to life. And that's already seems like a lot. Mm-hmm. And, like, there, there's, there's a, lot of, a lot of newness to this world. But that's such a small scope to, like, what they learn and that we learn as the audience through it's their experience gone. is what's going on in this world. And, yeah, no, it's, it's done better than anything else that I can it's, think of. It's right up there with me and with, like, Avatar as just one of the best animated series yep. that's ever been made. It's fantastic. All right, I have I have three things. I'm excited. First of all, I feel like uh, I I haven't listened to last week. Sorry, but you guys might already covered this. Uh, Ballad of Buster Scruggs. I briefly covered. It. I'm a you know I'm a Coen Brothers super fan. Uh, I you know. I've heard a lot of people talking about it and saying there's no unifying theme between the stories. I did that. that. Was him. Well, you're a fucking idiot. I know. There's Ian, totally a unifying Ian theme. Ian called and me a fucking idiot. And they hit you over the fucking head with it. So that was really good. I don't know where it fits on my on my Coen Brothers hierarchy. I don't know if it pierces the top ten. Is it better than Hail Caesar? See, I really like Hail Caesar. Hail Caesar, if you didn't like the first time, watch it again. It's okay. it's way better on the second view. I think that's true of most Coen Brothers movies. Uh, I mean, yeah, you know what? I, they, I reward, was, they reward you for repeat viewing. Even Big Lebowski, which might be my favorite movie ever, I liked it the first time. The second time, I loved it. It gets better every yeah. time. Uh, what, you know, one of the things is because they kind of do that, particularly on the comedies, they don't pause for the laugh. Mm-hmm. While you're laughing, there's another joke, so mm-hmm. you've got to watch the next one. Another thing, uh, I, uh, have either of you guys watched Mike Judd's Tale from the Tour Bus? No. No. It's fucking hilarious. It's a combination, uh, sort of like drunk history means uh, behind the music. Hmm. Uh, 
Parts of it are animated. Parts of it is live action. But it's been, the first season is all stories told by people around country music legends of things that happened on tour and stuff like that. Second season is all funk. But it's fucking hilarious. That sounds awesome. If, if, if I was going to tell you to try an episode, try the George Jones episodes. Oh, one can I, only imagine what the George Jones episode. I laughed so hard at that that it harmed me. I was like, <laughs> I, was like I don't know if I'm going to be able to breathe again. Yeah. Where do you where can you watch this? Uh, it's on Cinemax right now. If you got if you got if you got Amazon Prime though, yeah. there's a seven day free trial and there's only like ten episodes, mm. so you can knock it all out mm. easy. Third thing, always feel I have to throw in a comic book. I'm a little late to the game on this. I just started with Black Hammer. Uh, have, you, have you guys mm-hmm. heard of this? I know it just got an option for a season. Uh, I mean, a series. I think on Netflix. But um, it's a it's a it's a really cool premise. It's basically. Uh, are you guys familiar with uh, an old TV show called The Prisoner? No. Well, the, it, it's like The Prisoner for superheroes. There's these guys, and they're all sort of like uh, analogies for pre-existing superheroes, sort of like Watchmen was, yeah. that kind of thing. And they're trapped in this small town, and they don't know why they can't leave because people in the town can leave and stuff like that. And it's sort of... Uh, I tried the first issue when it first came out, and it didn't grab me, but I really wish I would have kept going because... Each issue focuses on the character, but also maybe focuses on a little comic book trope or history thing and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And it's uh, it's well worth trying out. I think it, I think you can get it for like five bucks on Comicsology mm-hmm. and stuff. And they're turning it into a series. That sounds really interesting. So uh, I, I highly recommend it. Yeah, cool, cool. I well, I have one I, I skipped a couple weeks back, but I had to go back to it. I watched the uh, the Raid Redemption for the first time mm-hmm. a couple weeks ago. I don't know if you guys have ever seen that movie. Mm-mm. Uh, it was, a. Uh, uh, it's, it's, um, oh shit, which Evans is it? It's not Gareth, right? No, it, it is, it, 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 Gareth's the same. It's Gareth Evans, not Gareth Edwards. Gareth Edwards did Monsters, and Rogue One Gareth Evans did this and Apostle. Just for everyone's yeah, clarification. Yeah. But, uh, it's, uh, oh shit, I'm gonna get this wrong. Fuck, I gotta look it up. I, I'm gonna fuck up the nationality. Well, it's gonna it's gonna make me feel a really like a really bad person. Uh, what were you gonna I, say? I was just gonna say if those two directors were actors, they wouldn't be successful. <laughs> no, they would be too confused with each other and would cancel each other out. Thank God for behind the scenes work. Thank God. Uh, Indonesian. It is an mm. Indonesian uh, action kung fu movie, and it's it's was super. I don't know, uh, acclaimed when it came out. It was like 2013, 2012. It's literally, if you've seen Dread, the new Dread movie, yeah. it's essentially the same movie, mm-hmm. but with better action somehow. Um, right on. Yeah. But, uh, so I've actually seen the sequel, which is also incredible. Um, but this is the original one, and, and it's it's a, a, you know, beautiful small scope. It's literally, they raid this tower that's full of criminals, and the end of it is when they leave the tower. But it is the prototype of every action movie you've seen yeah. in the last five years. Like, Daredevil wouldn't exist without it. Um, John Wick wouldn't... Like, none of these... Like, every single one pulls so much from this movie yeah. and the style of the cinematography and the way that they choreograph the fight scenes. Even knowing that and seeing all these things, it's still great. Like, it's, a, it's mm-hmm. just a super action-packed movie. I highly recommend it. It's on something. It's on... I want to say it was on, like, Netflix because I didn't pay for it. And I rewatched Inside Lewin Davis this week. Another Coen Brothers. That is the only Coen Brothers movie I haven't watched. Oh shit! You'd it's love it. Very good. I, you know, I, the trailer made me really stressed out about the cat, and I couldn't watch it. It's that. it's it's a movie about a guy who kind of sucks, but you still kind of like him. Who just has a bunch of sad, like sad random shit happen to him. Really? And that seems like a thing that'd be right up your alley. It does. That's yeah. True. 
again, speaking of, it's it's a Coen Brothers movie, and I liked it. I liked it the first time. Um, the second time I went back to it, I just I loved it. Like it, it really connected with me. Uh, the music's phenomenal. Yep, Oscar really Isaac does all the singing and playing, and the playing's incredible, in my opinion. Right on. But yeah, no, I mean it, it's it's a road movie, even though they don't actually go that far that much in the movie, and it's just kind of all these weird little experiences in in the 1960s Greenwich Village of of a, a broke uh, musician who's trying to make it and also kind of like dealing with his musical partner's death. But uh, one of the other notes of this this movie, and, and I feel vindicated because Christian felt the same way, Carrie Mulligan is in this movie. I like Carrie Mulligan in general. Um, I, I, <laughs> I, I, I've, I've liked her since she's been like the indie darling. Uh, but in this movie, she has dark hair and bangs, and she is mean as shit. She is I, so mean. That's the one thing I know about this yeah. movie, because it came out in a similar time that she played the, like, doe-eyed victim yes. in Drive. Yeah, yeah. She, she's so mean, and it's so hot. Like, I'm so into <laughs> Carrie Mulligan in this movie. It's not funny. I, I, I don't know what that says about me. I don't know how to justify it. I just know that's how I feel inside. But, uh, yeah, no, I think that's, that's everything I've been watching. I can't think of anything else. All right. Uh, well, cool. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Please uh, rate and subscribe and uh, tell your friends, any, any of your weird friends that you talk about movie shit with, they might enjoy this. We Probably hope. not, but it's worth a shot. Yeah, it's worth a shot. If you want to reach the podcast, you can uh, email us at Better Than Transformers. We uh, got an email from a very beginning listener, Rick, uh, but he, he wrote in with some, some thoughts on our Bohemian Rhapsody episode, and it's very vindicating because he mostly just said that I was right. Uh, it says, first of all, I love your podcast. Look forward to them every week. Thanks, Rick. Uh, I was just late seeing Bohemian Rhapsody, but I just wanted to share with you how I think that it, that how it should have ended. I agree with me uh, that recreating the Live Aid concert is too self-congratulatory. They spent the whole movie telling us what a genius and consummate performer Freddie was, and then to recreate it in Live Aid is to say they think they can do it as well as like you know yeah. they did it in the... The movie should have ended with Freddie walking through the curtain to go on stage, and then the credits should have been a split screen showing the best part of the real footage. Just a thought. Completely agree. I think that would have been a much better ending to the movie than... I just want to point out, you keep saying, agree with me. I agreed with you that it was a shitty way to end the movie. (laughs) (laughs) We weren't arguing I'm pretty sure we were. I think you were wrong. That's how I remember it in my head. I wasn't here to disagree with you all, but I'll disagree. I like that ending. Mostly because the best parts of that movie were the performances. They nailed that shit. I said, I said, I agree it's bad filmmaking, but it was fun to watch. Right. But uh, thanks for your opinions, Rick. Feel free to write in for any other things that as you long think. As, as long as you agree with Joe. As long as you agree with me and no one else on the <laughs> podcast. Um, you can also follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Real Phonies. Thanks to Zach Emmons for art and Brian Velasquez for our theme. And we'll see you guys next week for something. Deuces.